When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness premiered with a splash over the weekend, topping The Batman for the largest box office opening this year. Let's make sense of all that madness in a spoiler-filled discussion. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining me to discuss the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the wake of this film is resident comic book expert Sean Keen. Welcome, Sean. Hello, hello. I'm speaking to you from Earth 383. Is that an actual? I'm curious if that was an actual number, or if you just threw that out, pull that out of your head. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's the the universe they visit. Uh, okay. I think well, I let's 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 that. let's get before we get into things. I want to offer a final warning to anyone who hasn't watched the film and intends to do so. We're going to be getting really deep into spoilers, so if you care, please pause the episode and check back in later. And apologies in advance to my producer Brian, who has not watched the film. So, sorry, Brian. All right. Here we go. Last warning. Great. Yeah. Sean, what did you think of the overall film? Uh, I thought it was like a heap of fun in the way most Marvel movies are. Uh, I had a few issues with what they did with Wanda's character uh, in the wake of WandaVision. Uh, it felt like a big change that maybe needed to be built up to more. What about you? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I also enjoy Sam Raimi, who is... Uh, Sam Raimi's work he's the director of this film obviously but he directed Evil Dead Army of Darkness all these classic kind of horror slash darkly comic films that uh, and, and a lot of that sensibility is in there um, so I thought I thought it was a enjoyable film I also had some issues with it which, which we can get into in this discussion um, but before we get into some of those spoilers just in general like how did you feel about this film as a standalone movie versus one piece of that larger MCU puzzle? Well, it definitely felt like it leaned a lot on WandaVision in particular, in that it it, it continued Wanda's story very directly. But so uh, every comic is someone's first is the kind of one of those comic book readers mantras so that you you always have to go in knowing that a lot has happened before. Uh, and so, like, I feel like there's enough here for you to figure out what happened before. Like, it's very clear that, like, there's a lot of continuity to digest, but I don't feel like that's a real problem. That makes sense? Yeah, I, you know, going into this film, I thought I would have had to have watched at least, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home, WandaVision, What If, Loki, a number of the Disney Plus shows... Uh, but as I watched it, you know, our colleague, Jones Olsman, who actually watched the screener alongside us, she, she watched WandaVision. So she was up to speed in that respect, but like nothing else. And she felt like she didn't actually need to know a lot about what was going on. And even the, the WandaVision stuff, you know, the stuff with their children or whatever, the, it, it seemed like a lot of that was explained in the movie. So I, I kind of went back and forth on whether or not that homework would have really 
than required. I mean, we shouldn't ever think of it too much as homework, but I, look, obviously that's that's the way to put it, yes. Um, yeah, it, it does explain itself well enough. Like, you, you don't get the full emotional impact, but, like, with comic books, like, usually the hero would have, you know, you'd, you'd see their thought bubbles or whatever, or there'd be, like, a lot of expositionary dialogue, and that that happened here with the, the, the dialogue. They explained Wanda's situation in particular and what happened with Doctor Strange in the past, and the writing is sufficient that you get where everyone is at. Got it. Well, let's jump into the the money scene that, and that's the one involving the Illuminati and the the numbers that you threw out. Earth was it three eight three that uh, that Doctor Strange does visit. Uh, you know, this was a scene that was teased quite heavily. I think after that Super Bowl commercial, in which we heard Patrick Stewart's voice, there was a lot of anticipation. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was great. I remember uh, getting so, so excited when we were going to see the Illuminati because of that commercial. Now, I will say, I wish I hadn't known any of that. Uh, I wish I could have gotten the full impact of everyone um, because we knew Patrick Stewart was coming. We didn't know about some of the others, but yeah, I wish, I I, I feel like maybe, maybe the trailers in general set up too much of an expectation for this movie in uh, uh, in terms of the the multiverse stuff. Uh, there wasn't quite as much jumping between worlds as we might have expected. Uh, and it told us that Xavier was going to be in it and that I wish I hadn't known. Right. Well, besides Xavier, we did get a number of other uh, interesting characters. I don't think the characters I was necessarily expecting, although at least one I did. Um, you know, that was obviously Reed Richards. Uh, played by basically fan-selected uh, office star John Krasinski. Uh, you know, we also had a different version of Captain Marvel. We had, also surprisingly, we had Black Bolt oh, yeah. from the the, the long-forgotten and banished ABC show The Inhumans. Um, and then we had, you know, uh, Captain Carter, which was teased, you know, kind of a, in a commercial ahead of the premiere you know i you know i i I wrote a story about this over the weekend i you know i was elated to see these characters um very fascinated by this idea of an illuminati but then they basically just like went and erased all of it by having one to come in and just and i mainly enjoyed this part like just completely thrash and and kill every character within I said 10 minutes, but it must have been even less than that. Like, I don't think they were around for that long in that film. Uh, certainly to have any kind of... Yeah, really yeah. I mean, that was that was pretty delightful. And it is a very Marvel thing to do, uh, as you alluded to in your your um, your commentary piece about this, like to like tease something and then wipe it off the board just like that and go, no, you're not getting this. Uh, or, or this is not <laughs> as big a plot element as you might have thought. Um and I think right. maybe it's the multiverse aspect that gives them a lot of license to do that. Like they can they can show us other versions of characters and mercilessly slaughter them. And that's I think that's one of the issues I have with the multiverse, or one of the challenges that I think the MCU has is that you know if there's this infinite universe, infinite number of universes that hold your favorite characters, like does death become meaningless at some aspect, or is it? I mean, I guess it's great if you're an actor playing with these things because you could die a million times and they'll 
you know, they'll keep, if you're popular enough, they'll pay you to come back in another version. But does that kind of eliminate the stakes a little bit where you can just sort of pull from Earth 55, 7? I like it's, I, I almost feel think. like you're going to throw out numbers and expect me to say, ah, yes, that one from the comic. <laughs> I, I I just pulled that out of the air. I have no idea what, if that so, actually okay, is a real uh, thing. This is, this is definitely like a concern. But think about like the fact that they didn't bring back Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. Like aside from the fact that he'd be probably too expensive to do that with. Um, but they didn't do it partially because like that would erase the emotional impact of his death in Avengers game. So it's, I think we have to like think of the main MCU Earth, which is named in this movie as Earth 616, which is the like main universe in the comics which essentially sets like means that like the main mcu earth is kind of like the prime universe and those are the characters we should care about um everyone else could be could be basically cannon fodder yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) but those are the ones that those are the ones we've had gone on emotional journeys with like it like we definitely felt the impact of Wanda's fate in this movie. Um, well, I mean, do we like she? So let's talk about Wanda because uh, you know they were kind of kind of seeding this in WandaVision, especially at the end with that tease with her reading the Darkhold uh, and being corrupted. How did you like her as the villain? Because you know usually these Marvel movies don't have compelling villains. This is obviously a character which we've spent a lot of time with, uh, mostly emotionally invested in her. Uh, across all these films. So what did you think of her as a villain? Uh, I thought she was a great villain, very threatening, uh, when she was chasing them around various universes and just killing everything in her path. Um, It didn't quite build up to it as much as I'd like. Like, it was just a very sudden turn for her. Uh, Yeah, and this whole, like, so this other new character they introduced that we should probably talk about is America Chavez, right? Who has this unique power to basically punch a hole into another universe, a star shaped hole into the universe, which I'm like, wow, this is very comic booky at this point. We're, um, we're, we're really deep in the rabbit hole, but you know, the, the main gist was Wanda trying to take her power so that she could, I guess, hop into another universe and take over another family where she's got her two children. Which I think a lot of folks were, I guess, asking the question, like, why didn't she just occupy a universe in which maybe her, her, that version of herself has passed away and the kids are still there? Or, like, she doesn't have to, I don't know, the, the, the actual motivations behind it, like, the higher level idea of, like, wanting to reconnect with your children who didn't exist in this reality makes a lot of sense, but I felt like the execution of it, like, she could have, like, skipped a few steps like and it didn't require murdering you know a, a teenage girl to get her powers well i guess maybe maybe she got a little lazy and was like oh look this this universal do i'll take this version <laughs> um yeah and and going back to her fate because it you know she uh, of course it's, it felt very much like um uh spider the ending of spider-man 2 where dr octavius like realizes the error of his ways and pulls down this building she basically does the same thing she pulls down this like mountain fortress on top of her we don't actually see her die which makes me wonder if she is actually gone right yeah she could be in like a magical cocoon or something 
Yeah, right? This is the comic books. Unless you see a person die, she's not actually dead, right? Uh, I, she, like, unless you see a body, yeah, pretty much, like, she, she could well be alive. Yeah, so, um, what I also wanted to talk about the, uh, the ending of the film. Uh, not the, well, a couple parts of the ending. The, the actual pre-credits ending, where, like, a third eye emerges you know, he's walking down. He's walking down the streets of New York. You know, everything is cool. He's in a good mood, and all of a sudden, his third eye emerges on his forehead. What the hell does that mean? You're the comic book expert. Please tell me what that means. Well, given what we saw with in the Sinister Strange universe, the the dark universe that a different version of him had ruined, uh, it, that version of him had been corrupted by the Darkhold and had the third eye, which suggests that like that's what happened to. Our Doctor Strange. Yeah, except then in the mid-credits scene, he's once again walking down the streets. Everything seems fine, and then uh, and this is where it got really. This is where these these mid-credits scenes are starting to get kind of like a lot less approachable because Charlize Theron, dressed in purple, jumps out of a portal and you know asks for his help, and then he his third eye pops out. He seems fine with it. All of a sudden, like, I guess a lot has happened between the, really, when the credits started rolling, right? So what, explain to me what happened there. Yeah, I, I, I felt the same. Like, it felt ill-judged to have, like, a very similar scene of him walking down the street, and then, like, he's suddenly cool with the third eye. Uh, and, yes, Charlize Theron there is playing Clea, who is a sorceress from the Dark Dimension. Um, and, yes, it when I saw Charlize Theron, I thought, isn't she already in the MCU? <laughs> no, I legit questioned for a second. I'm like, is she one of those Eternals? Because there was like 40 of them. Yes. And she could have been an Eternal, right? She wasn't. Yeah. And the Just aesthetic clear. costume was quite similar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, she's not an Eternal. Um, she is a sorceress from another dimension. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I actually didn't have that a problem with that if that ultimately leads to... Um, you know, a, a different avenue of storytelling, right? Like a different place that the movie goes to. But I do remember the ending of the original Doctor Strange, which, full disclosure, I did not really love. It was, like, fine for me. But I remember the ending of that film was um, Mordo uh, basically going on this, like, murder rampage of, of wizards. And that, you know, that teased an interesting story development and it had zero payoff. And, in fact, he, he doesn't even appear... that. Ver the 616 version of that character doesn't even appear in this film. It's really the the Illuminati version of that character who, you know, essentially was like a glorified cameo. He looked cool with his dreadlocks. But yes. He did look cool. Um, yeah, so, and, and Strange, like, when he was talking to that other version of Mordo, like, alluded to further history between them, like, after the events of the first movie, stuff we haven't seen. Now, I'm okay with not seeing every single thing that's happened. Like, a little bit of mystery is good. But it does seem like that storyline has not been paid off in the 616 universe at all. Um, yes, it, it, it seems like a pity. Which, again, sort of makes me question, like, are they going to pay off this? I'm assuming they will, because you don't get a star like Charlize Theron, and then not have a payoff so so we'll see um overall like what do you think how, how who would you recommend this film for like are our marvel novices at this point 
I don't know how many of them are out there, but like, would they? Is this the train to jump on if you want to get into the MCU bandwagon? You know what? I think every train is good to jump on. Like, I'm tired of reading Amazing Spider-Man in the '90s in the middle of the Clone Saga. And oh wow! I was like, what the heck is even happening here? Uh, but in my little, whatever, like nine-year-old brain, I just worked it out. Um, and like, just like, don't worry too much about the continuity of it. Like, you'll figure it out. It's fine. Everyone can jump on anywhere. No gatekeeping. Don't even worry about it. If a character looks appealing to you or like even a movie poster look, look, be, looks appealing to you, just jump in. I like that. Very zen. Very of the moment. All right, Sean, thanks for your time. Thanks for helping me break down uh, this film and, and its myriad of different cameos and universes and all that madness. Uh, you can check out Sean's breakdown of the ending on CNET.com. You can check out my column as well. If you agree or disagree, please let me know. You can ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For the Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. Bye.